Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. Are you on Drake Passage TikTok? Okay, I just, I'm not on it, but Nicole is on it. That's why Nicole and I are the same person. Yeah, you guys (laughs) have the same for you page. And she was like, as if this was a very normal thing, like, are you on Drake Passage TikTok? And I was like, the what now? What? Um, So I learned a lot about a lot of people going to Antarctica for some reason. Which is such a like... That's so Wally, right? Like, what is that? Yeah. Why are you going to right. Antarctica if you're not a scientist? Also, what are you going to do there? Yeah, I'm like, I thought this was banned for anyone outside of research for right. penguins. Like, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing there Right. when you get there? So, hi, welcome to the Twilight. I am afraid of a lot hey. of things. You should know this by now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Keep I, up. <laughs> welcome to my 300th fear, which is now the Drake Passage. So I was yes. introduced to it first. And then because my algorithm was like, okay, so we showed this to you. You watched it. Now we're going to show you all of these fuckos who are just going yeah. to Antarctica. The Drake Passage is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't like the ocean. I don't like deep water. I don't yeah. get it. I don't understand it. I don't know why big ships fuck with it. Like, just leave it alone. <laughs> right. The Drake Passage is the ultimate, like, oh, yeah, like, we're going to Antarctica and we're filming about it because we're content creators. It's like you have 500 followers, yeah. but okay. And you want to die. The Drake Passage is trying to tell you <laughs> we don't let humans here. And it's yeah, the scariest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my entire life. What the fuck? Anyways, yeah. Nicole and I are the same, so... Yeah, so, hey, <sighs> calibrate your For You pages accordingly, because it's all ship. It's all big ship in dangerous water. Big ship. <laughs> it's the hottest water. trend of 2020. The fact that they have to spend, like, seven days, like, a whole ass yeah. week on that. Seems like a whole ordeal, yeah. That is what hell is to me. Imagine, like, trying to make that time off request. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> your manager's hey, like, sorry, so- <laughs> Meredith, you said your grandma's died three times. We've talked to you about this. We brought in HR. Now you're saying you're going to Antarctica. Hello? Yeah. It's like you can't use your bereavement for this. Like, <laughs> like this many days. Not even just for a vacation, but the travel to get there. It's, right, exactly. It's a lot. What do What's you even on? do in Antarctica? What do you do? If anyone has been to Antarctica, our email address is open. If you're a scientist... <laughs> I know yeah. that's fine. I get it. But a lot of these sure. people that I've yeah. seen are just like, we have money to spare. Right. Sure. I can't even buy lettuce right now. What the fuck are these people doing? <laughs> Why are you going to Antarctica? <laughs> Why are you willing to I'm let confused. the ocean decide if you live or die? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bet you want to make historically. Shit pisses me the off. The ocean's an unforgiving lover. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you tempt her? You, you won't you remember why all those pirates and sea captains had all those superstitions uh literally a lot of reasons if you learn one thing from this podcast don't fucking go to antarctica 
Yeah. If you were thinking about it, don't. Just reconsider. Yeah, like, invest your money. Not into crypto, but something. Yeah. I mean, we're not financial advisors, but, like, don't go to Antarctica. Jesus. Yeah. Doesn't seem like the way to do your life, but... I didn't realize I cared about this so much, but it really scares me, and it bothers me. Yeah, you've been really... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it scares and bothers me. It's kind of fucked up. (laughs) Welcome to being scared and bothered. This is Into the Twilight. Oh, Our three... (laughs) Our 300th episode. Oh, I am 800 years old. (laughs) My... I have scraped... My bones are so tired. Right. I'm... I... If you had told me six years ago... That this fun little joke, we would do 300 <laughs> right. episodes of it. Yeah. Um, I would have laughed in your face and been like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I would have called you a fool. Would have spit in your face. <laughs> are there new vamp? Are there vampires now in the news that we're talking about? F- folks, <laughs> got great news. <laughs> it's only gotten more. <laughs> Our contract has only gotten longer. Okay, but for real, though, if you had told me six years ago that we would still be having new content about Robert and Kristen and Taylor on a weekly basis, I would have laughed in your face. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So you're welcome about that. Yeah, we did that. You're you're all welcome. We (laughs) were the ones who matchmaked Taylor Lautner and Taylor Lautner. So you're welcome. Yeah, it's kind of hard carrying the entirety of uh, the Twilight Renaissance on your back, but, you know, someone's got to do it, and that is us. So. We are paid by Big Lionsgate to do the right. work <laughs> that no one else will do. Right. If that, And that's an easy thing to fact check that's not true, because if it was true, we would know who runs their fucking social media account. Honest I to just, God. It still bugs me that we don't know. As soon as we know, it'll be Six our last episode. Later. We'll get them on. Yeah. We'll be done. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do a tell-all interview, and that's our last, that's our swan song. It'll be a two-parter last episode, where the first part we get the Lionsgate social media team, and then we get Stephanie Meyer, and then we're done. That's all we need. Yeah. And then we die. And then, <laughs> and then, then the, Stephanie Meyer kills And then well. we both take the poison that Melissa Rosenberg slipped us. Fuck. <laughs> How are you? I, listen, this is... <laughs> I guess it's less of a happy thing and more of a confession. You sent me a very interesting text last night. Yeah, I I sent you a text that you are going to enjoy my happy thing. Um, I forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. um, And that last night, we started watching Glee again. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, so hear me out. Uh, Taylor, our intern Taylor, posted a tweet last night saying that they started crying out of nowhere (laughs) yesterday. And now (laughs) I... It's all coming together. And now I choose to believe that they got a fucking bat signal that you started rewatching Glee and they just didn't know. Yeah, it. they got an amber alert for my sanity and mental health and just were overcome okay. with emotion. Tell um, me every <laughs> why why first of all. Why is a great question. 
our TikTok for you pages have for some reason been feeding us a lot of Glee content recently, sure. which is very like unorthodox because I I am not one of those people that like watches Glee or listens to Glee music regularly. Like the last time I truly watched mm, it, fake fan. and I still never, I've never even fun fact ever finished the show properly. <gasps> so that's something. Um, Every time we get, to, I get to let's have a kiki. I need to like bow out. Yeah, I honestly, just, that's <laughs> just a great out. place to end. It's such, an, it's such an easy stopping point, so I just do it every time. But I've only like rewatched up to that point like once in like college, maybe like early college. Sure. Um. So this is not like something I am constant. It's not like a comfort. Sh- it's not like a rewatch show for me. Hey, and if it is your comfort show, I mean, you're safe here. But also, what the fuck's wrong with you? But also, are you okay? And I know a lot. I, I know a lot of people like that, and I am worried for them constantly. Always. It got me thinking, and us thinking, and being like, "Hey, it really has been a while since we watched Glee, huh? Oh. <laughs> it has been a while." Um, and so we were like, "Let's just try. Let's just give it one episode." And uh, we are now currently watching Glee. That I mean, you can't update. just stop um, with the pilot. No, you can't stop with the pilot. Of course not. Um. And it's been very surreal, especially uh, since uh, a good chunk of the cast is no longer alive. Uh, that is really colored a lot of right. viewing experience a little bit differently. Um, Have you been listening to the recap podcast? No, I kind of want to, though, because... I, out of any of them, I trust them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they have good energy and good vibes. And I get their stuff on TikTok a lot, too. So I think that was also prompting this. Um, but yeah, I have not dove into it. Because I usually don't like those kind of podcasts. But I think with them, I'm like, I, I am ready for this to be my life. Damn. Yeah. So that's the, my mental state currently. Which, um, you know, take that as you will. Arc one... <laughs> Especially, like, before they go to college, is that good shit, too? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I know I'm in the, the good bits now. I'm gonna regret this later when it, it gets to not, when I have to listen to that Let's Have a Kiki again. God but. damn it. It's just, <laughs> it haunts my dreams. Like, every time people talk about the Benadryl hat man, like, mine is Let's Have a Kiki. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, anytime that I feel that urge now... Instead of watching just, like, compilations on YouTube, now I just go back to Mike's mic, and that hits. Oh, yeah. But this is, yeah, yeah. this is very good, and you will need to update me on how this goes yes, for you. of course. So I can live vicariously. Yeah, it's a treacherous journey I'm on, but I I gotta take it. I gotta take see where this path leads me. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to do it so you remember, like, oh, this is a bad idea. And that's okay. Right. Yeah, so I need to do. I need to like find out in real time that I'm making a mistake. You know, I need to discover that for myself. Um, so that's that's me. Um, how are you doing, my friend? I I am doing okay. I am I am here. I am alive. This is actually kind of a a callback, happy thing, to last week. Mm. Um, but it has been quite chilly here and I was like all right listen been doing a pretty good job only watching Grey's Anatomy for the past two months yeah what would it be consistent and loyal (laughs) (laughs) what would it feel like if I watched something else Mm. and so this past week I caught up on the White Lotus which is my happy thing this week 
And now I'm going to be honest with you all. I watched season one of The White Lotus when it first came out. Yeah. Um, not knowing anything about it. And I watched the first mm-hmm. episode and I didn't vibe with it. Yeah. Now, having seen Euphoria, and I know Sydney Sweeney, mm-hmm. Um, And also knowing more about the show, because I do think that having context for The White Lotus is essential to enjoying it. Yeah. And knowing that it is a satire. um, Mm -hmm. I was able to go back and actually really enjoy season one. Hell yeah. Um, But season two, Friends, is, I love, it's so important to me. Yeah, gabagool. <laughs> it is. Um, I mean, they are both they are both great in different ways because they are uh, they are critiques on different aspects of whiteness. Um, yeah, for sure. And and I think that like there's a there's an aspect of like whiteness and class in the first season that is uh re- watching it now that I understand what the point of the show is. I was like, damn, like this is really good. But season two, being filmed in my home. uh, (laughs) The motherland. (laughs) In the the land of my people in Italy. Like, one, it is, it's beautiful to watch when it's cold and, like, everything is barren here. So I love that. I felt like I was getting, like, virtual vitamin D. But also, the cast is so goddamn good. And we had mentioned Leo last episode, who now, our our boy, I understand, like his, I hate him in the White Lotus, (laughs) which is good. And I should. Yeah. Um, But being able to see fucking Christopher from The Sopranos was such a good pull. He's so hot, too. He's so it's it honestly pisses me off because like Christopher in the <laughs> Sopranos was like hot, but in a way where it's like you know he's damaged goods, like you shouldn't. But yeah, now don't touch. <laughs> right, exactly. And like you know, you always know like this is not gonna end well. But now he's older and he has that like salt and pepper hair, and I'm like, I would literally do anything for you. And that's fucked up because like you are still a really shitty person. <laughs> Yeah. Um, obviously, like, Aubrey Plaza would die for. Yeah, so good. And she's playing a really fun and interesting character. But, like, the reason why I had seen a couple weeks ago and wanted to start watching this was because of the love of my life, Theo James. Yes. Who has been fucked over by HBO. Because Consistently. of. Consistently. <laughs> um, by... The show that is so important to me that I won't even get into. Um, but to be able to see him in this, which is such a, like, great role for him. Mm-hmm. Um, of, like, here's this rich guy who, like, doesn't do politics, like, doesn't watch the news. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also is, like, queer? <laughs> Question mark? Right. Question um, mark? <laughs> uh, is... Just something that I couldn't have even expected and I love so much. So I feel like everyone already knows about this show. But if you are like me and tried the first season but didn't get 
or didn't know the context of what it was, highly recommend going back because it is very good. Yeah, I am very in- much enjoying this season. I wasn't sure how like the se- or the second season was going to, you know, we'll have a little sophomore slump situation. Right. Um, but like these last few episodes, I've been like, I'm literally scared for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm scared and like so invested. And the remix of the theme song fucking oh slaps so hard. Um, also Megan Fahey, who like is, uh, she plays, uh, Theo James's wife or whatever in this. She's amazing. And like, was only really in the bold type. And I'm like, this is the perfect role. She does a great she be, job in this. Right. She should be in that kind of role for everything ever. Like the, she, I, I hope she blows the fuck up after this because she's so good. God, the, the people that they get for the show, especially cause it's like, um, it's not an anthology, but like you could, you didn't really yeah. need to see season one to understand yeah. this. Um, like right. there's, there's very little crossover in it. Um, yeah. That I, I love that it's like you can get Connie Britton for season one and then it's like, cool, right. great. <laughs> like, love that. Thank <laughs> you. Um, the, the people that they've been able to pull have been amazing. Yeah. Oh. I love it so much. I'm, I'm very grateful that this show exists, and I it is one of the only HBO shows that I do not skip the intro for. Yeah, amazing. Ugh. Hey, speaking of music, could you do us the honor of talking about our Spotify Wrapped? Oh my gosh, I would be honored. <laughs> to do that um so we've done this once before yeah um where we kind of just like talked about you guys (laughs) and roasted you a little bit yeah thought it'd be fun thought it'd be chill um because we get like a lot of data from spotify about like oh how many people are like listening whatever like all that boring stuff that you guys don't want to hear but we do get some fun little little facts about you guys um and we love data here in this home we love data in this house uh we love data um i before we get into the listening i we have two kind of like demographic stats i thought were interesting yes um where and i obviously i know like gender stuff depending on how you like self-select in spotify is probably weird and like probably like a lot of people don't do it i feel like it's gotten better since last year yeah because there is like a non-binary option so there is like at least it's not like an other or something um but based on that alone um we have (laughs) a 91 percent uh woman identifying audience um which is very very cool and slay love that (laughs) thank you girls thank you ladies (laughs) um and most of you are between 23 and 27. More than half of you. Which, which is fun. honestly, thank you. Um, yeah. I'm very personally concerned about the 3% of 0 to 17. <laughs> it's a wide range, yeah. <laughs> That's an incredibly wide range. I, yeah, who are you? Um, that makes me nervous. But yeah, I would say like yeah. the vast, like almost all what is this 96 percent of our audience is from 18 to 34 yeah amazing great slay major slay good job guys um and 
the most fun is that they give us a little bit of um, some artists, relate not related artists, but artists that you listeners listen to in addition to our podcast. I love um, this. And sometimes they're kind of like a cry for help. I feel like the last time we did this, it was a little, <clears throat> little we had to do a little check-in. And we did. <laughs> um, but this this time, it's it's pretty it's pretty solid. We have Taylor Swift that tracks. Yes. Uh, Hozier. Okay, lesbians. Let's go lesbians. <laughs> um, <laughs> Harry Styles. Yeah. Uh, Paramore, which I think is on here for the first time um, that we've checked. And Billie Eilish. So all queer. Great. Yeah, this is all gay culture. <laughs> <laughs> so that for sure tracks. I love this. Um, I This looks personally like a lot of artists that I listen to. So I love this. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I feel there there isn't a lot that I could roast you all for about this. Right. Um, other than I just want to make sure that you are setting alarms to take your meds. Um, right. <laughs> because the statistic probability that you were on at least one uh, yeah. has to be very high. With these yeah, artists. The, the probability that there is Lexapro involved in our audience Jesus is Christ. high. <laughs> so take care of yourselves. Um, and what this tells me is that you all should be friends with each other. Yeah. Got a lot in common. Because you got a lot in common. So. Hell yeah. Cute. I love this. Very cute. Um, we one love of numbers. I, I love them. I love I love data so much. It is something that yeah. brings me so much joy. Um, so make friends with you all. Be nice. You all seem very mm. sensitive. And that's okay because we <laughs> yes. are sensitive here too. Yeah. Um, we have just one one piece of news this week. And I don't remember. If we had talked about this before, um, um, but this is coming from a from Insider, so thank you, Insider. Yes, um, from the Kiara Boone, who is letting us know that Robert Pattinson himself was the one who introduced Rita Ora and Taika Waititi at a barbecue, being the true matchmaker <sighs> that he is. So this is his fault. Yeah. <laughs> we can blame him. I What do you think Robert asks for at a barbecue? What do you think he asks for when they're putting oh. that stuff on a grill? Mm. He I hot dog. He's a hot dog man. I think he's a hot dog man. I think so too. I think he's also a corn guy. Oh my god. Do you think so? A little corn in the cup. I feel the like cup? I feel like he doesn't well, like what's use the most the chaotic picks, thing though? to eat in public? No, of course not. He's like ham fisting it. Like he's holding it in his <laughs> his grubby paws and he's just going for it. You know what would be scarier? I feel like mm. he likes the mini corn. Ooh, yeah. That does track. Mini corn scares me. Mini corn scares you? Yeah, just why is it small? That seems like yeah. a choking hazard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. And also, <laughs> why, is it ever, why is it always cold? 
I where are you getting baby corn? Where are you getting getting the little corn? <laughs> I'm just there's something about it that I don't get. That's fair. It's haunting. It's, it is kind of an enigma. It's a bit. It's a bit of a, a curious vegetable for sure. Um, I will say too something interesting about this insider piece is that um, Taika Waititi referred to Rob as Rob Pattinson, which I just think is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably how he has like, on his phone. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It's like Rob. Rob Pattinson. <laughs> like, cause like we call him Rob, but like. Robert Pattinson makes sense. Rob Pattinson feels I hate cursed. it. That feels that feels like bad mouth feel. That feels not right. Anytime Taika uses his like Siri, he's like, "Okay, Siri, call <laughs> Rob Pattinson." It's like, "No." Right. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's like, "Which what corporate lawyer is this?" You know what I mean? Like that's the <laughs> name for like a businessman in a suit. Okay, no. Hold on. Wait. Imagine Rob Pattinson in an alternate universe, and he's one of those, like, uh, small-town lawyers, like, um, Mm -hmm. defense attorneys that has those billboards. Right. That's like, do you have mesothelioma? Right. I can get you (laughs) money, and you'll never have to work again. Yeah. That's him. That's Rob. (laughs) Like, the the phrase Rob Pattinson, attorney at law, should not fit as well as it does. (sighs) And it does. does. You know? Like, that's fucked up. That doesn't feel right. But it does. I hate it. I hate this image that this article has given me in my head. Yeah. Um, That's truly cursed. Turns out they're just really good, you know, good pals. (laughs) <laughs> and rob's a real matchmaker it's also um confirmed something that we have talked about before about rob and Kristen still being friends because we've seen taika and Kristen together this is true and now we true. know that taika and rob have been at barbecues right so so now we just gotta expand the polycule here a little bit. <laughs> now we just need to see Rob and Kristen in the gay pirate show. And yeah. all will be well. If, if, if we live in a just world, <laughs> we would get that. God damn it. Ball's in your court, Taika. Come on. <clears throat> Please. I need it so badly. We have some listener emails. Do you want to start us off? Absolutely. Okay. This is from Maria. Ooh, this is a follow-up from last week. Um, <laughs> the headline that just says, I am so sorry. <laughs> oh, Maria. I can't believe I forgot to add the book series in the freaking email. It's called The Green Creek Series by T.J. Kloon. Uh, the first book is called Wolf Song. And like I said in my previous email, this book is amazing and also super queer. Also, my dad is the nerdy one in the family next to myself, since he did raise me, lol. But Thanksgivings and Christmases growing up were definitely fun events. Sorry oh. again for the book tease, Maria. You are forgiven. You are always forgiven, Maria. <laughs> Interesting. The Green Creek series. I've never heard of yeah. this before. I have not either, but I am, <clears throat> listen, I'm down for a gay werewolf situation. Always. Oh, we... Always. <laughs> Um, we have an email here from our mom, Kelly Beck, that is titled, (laughs) I literally cannot escape Twilight. It reads, Dear Allie and Cody, 
<laughs> my husband, your dad. <laughs> really, <laughs> I almost choked. Really likes the show Yellowstone. I have, I've never thought about <laughs> Kelly's husband before in my life. Um, I've only watched it every now and then and don't really know what's going on. But I was watching an episode from this newest season with him and I noticed Gil Birmingham for the first time. I immediately shouted that he was Billy Black in the Twilight movies, thus giving me an excuse to bring up Twilight for absolutely no reason. Not surprisingly, I was the only one who appreciated that bit of information. Hope y'all are well. Happy holidays. Get bit. Your mom. Wow. Damn. I've heard really good things about that show, by the way. Okay, yeah. I It is apparently the most popular show of all time right now. Like, what the fuck? More- more views than like house the dragon like more regular viewers than like it must be a dad show or something yeah i think it's because it's on peacock um but also i guess on nbc probably but it has like seven thousand spinoffs and it's like the most successful (laughs) show and just like everyone who watches it are dads but apparently it's good interesting yeah Uh, yeah. i mean i've heard good things so i'm not gonna judge but also i'm not gonna knock it yeah yeah, yeah. When I saw the numbers for stores, I was like, there's no way. Like, I don't even know if there's that many people <laughs> right. that exist. We've got to be <laughs> know fudging about the numbers, stuff. right? Um, yeah. I did know that Gil was in that. I would be interested, um, Kelly, to know if it's good. Right. Do um, you recommend? <laughs> right. Or is it just one of those shows where it's like, oh, I can have this in the background and it doesn't offend me? Right. Because yeah, you know, honestly, I watch <laughs> both kinds of shows, so mm-hmm. I, um, I'm. That's so many people, though. Yeah, yeah. I will. Say, you know, I mean, if there's one thing I've learned about media, there, you know, there's a lot of dads. So this is true. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Yeah. Pretty. Pretty well represented. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I'm shaking my boots. Dude, when <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so when we spoke last, we were like, "Holy shit!" Episode eight, so stressful. Really, like episode seven or no, no. Episode eight ended on like a real, not jump scare, yeah. but like on a real, like cliffhanger, <laughs> cliffhanger right? Yeah. <laughs> jump yeah. scare. I mean, sort of. Yeah, um, yeah it was kind of a jump scare. <laughs> Um, like, how is this going to go? Here's what I'm going to say right off the bat. I texted Cody after I finished this episode last night. And I yeah. I was shaking my boots. Like, I – because this – It was a very stressful voice. It was, no. <laughs> I, because I was like – I didn't want to say anything because I didn't know right. if you had watched it yet. Yeah. And I was like – I didn't know how to say, like, please watch this. I need to talk to you about it, and I can't wait until the morning. But also, <laughs> holy fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. How this is the penultimate episode, and it was every part of this was so stressful. What the fuck? Yeah, I was, uh, my butthole was clenched the whole time watching this. I was freaking <sighs> out. Um, the- <laughs> we thought foolishly. That last episode was like, oh, that's that's the crazy twist, right? That's the wild, you know, ooh, what's going to happen kind of vibe and everything's scary. Um, and then this episode was like, hey, bitch, <laughs> you want some more? <laughs> I'll give it to you. It's episodes like this that make me wonder 
why more people are not talking about the show. Because this episode was legitimately yeah. really good. Yeah, it was thrilling. And stressful. And it's like, you motherfuckers are watching and won't shut up about, like, these Game of Thrones shows. But you can't even see it. It's so visually dark. Whereas this right. is... This says lighting. <laughs> right. And it has, like, butts that are, like, yes. consensual butts. So... Right. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? I... Here's what I'm going to say. I don't know how to think about, and th- and that's hard, right? Because there's like 20 important things about this episode. I don't know how to think about yeah. anything else other than when the queen says we're fucked, aren't we, Harold? Okay, I lost my <laughs> mind. <laughs> the fact that the queen swore, um, I, I don't know what I was expecting, um, but she just said it so casually of like, oh, we're fucked. And I was like, damn, I mean, you're right for sure. And that seemed to be pretty prophetic <laughs> assessment of the situation. And it was like um, early in the episode. Yeah, it was setting the scene up for sure. <laughs> so, and it had to be Harold, you know what I mean? Like it... Yeah. I, there's so many things that are here. Yeah. Where do we begin? (laughs) Okay. So here's the thing that I need to say right off the bat, because we had an email, I think it was a couple weeks ago that was like, so the showrunners are actually pulling from all six books, which I didn't know. So yeah. How about that? I don't, so <laughs> I don't know if this episode and potentially the final episode next week are going, are actually things that are in the fifth and sixth books, which we haven't gotten to yet, or if they are just being, they're just having a really good time with this like storyline Play-Doh um, and right. they're really interesting. Either way, I'm enthralled. Mm-hmm. What I do find very interesting is Victor is finally bad now. Yeah, we got bad Victor. Like, because we were curious how that would work because yeah. he was so chill <laughs> and like nice yeah. um, and like a good dude. And we're like, there's no way that would be wild. Um, but the fact they're kind of saving it for the end here is really interesting. Um, and like, it makes sense logistically within the story because like a obviously his his illness is is rapidly uh going forward um and also this like new hunger for power in as far as the court goes and like the royal kingdom and and that kind of stuff um is interesting it's it's so different than it was in the books and even in the right the movie because this victor is a much more i don't he's not even a villain right he's just like no but he has so much more of a storyline that is yeah. that's been fleshed out and like victor in the books had a fleshed out story like we knew a lot about him but he was mm-hmm. still like just because you're just because you have this illness um, doesn't justify your actions. But right. I feel like the show has been trying really hard to say, like, here are all these ways that Victor thinks that he is justified. Right. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. 
to see. Um, I don't think that it's obviously like good, <laughs> but I do think it makes right, her an sure. interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we see the really the version that Victor's husband had of Victor like crumble this episode. Yeah. And I was so sad to watch too. It was like, because we see stuff like like the the height and age notches on the walls, mm-hmm. which like don't get me started. I fucking love that. That's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um and but he's saying stuff like I can fix this. Like I can fix everything. Right. And his husband, which I still don't fucking remember this dude's name, is like, homie, <laughs> like, there's nothing left not to fix. It. Like, you need right. to abdicate. You're dying. <sighs> Buddy, this is not going to work well for either of us. So. It's just such a bummer. Um, yeah. Because you can see why. You can see why. Victor feels this way, but it's also right. like, bud, you are so deep in it now. And there was a part too when he's talking to Lissa later on, talk about like walking into the lion's mouth there. Um, mm. When he has like absolutely no remorse for yeah. where Sonia, like how he got Sonya to the darkness that she's in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bud, that's your daughter. <laughs> like, yeah, what do you like mean? like as kid. <laughs> like, <sighs> my dude. Why do you not, you feel nothing here? You just right. want to be like having, you just want to like blackmail Lissa into doing this. So she'll be like, but yeah. under my rule, you won't, you won't get in trouble, but I don't know under Tatiana. Yeah, that whole scene too of like, because essentially at that point, Lissa is like, cares a lot about Victor and wants him to be okay. And is being like, hey, I think I know what's going on. Like, it's like, because I have spirit. So like, we're, we're the same. And I, that's, that could be something. And instead of him being like, oh, this is something to like, understand how this happened. It's like, oh, I have another ticket to be healed you know and like which is very like avenue. him in the which book. is very much like yeah for sure of like having um uh that guilt trip thing and like locking you in the <laughs> in the mansion or whatever God. um uh to to heal you constantly until you die um you know um but like it was it felt so much like scarier mm-hmm. in a visual form because like he there was like a, a switch that flipped right where he just became like this sort of very selfish person um with no remorse or anything and just like locks her in this room and like uh, with a swiftness and she's like oh shit like i'm fucked like what the hell is going on here that exchange was so interesting too because in the book victor knew about spirit yeah and in the show he only refers to it as the darkness like he's only knowing what he's observed mm-hmm. he doesn't know that there's this fifth element and so as soon right. as lissa says that he's like oh now i have the upper hand here right and mm-hmm. that's so dangerous for someone like victor mm-hmm. because you you can't give a dying man 
their last bit right. of hope here. Like, that's so fucked. Um, yeah. But it was also really scary when she was, like, locked in there to see the family photos where Sonia was torn out. Mm. And it's like, Lissa, <laughs> girl, uh, you need to get yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> this is not great. Yeah, it's not looking good for you. I, I understand why Victor is doing it. But it just makes me really sad that we are back to a place where, by the end of this episode anyways, Lissa does not have anyone physically at her side. Because that was the thing that was really interesting to me. By the end of this episode, it is not clear who Lissa's guardian is. No. Because, like... (laughs) we know that it's not supposed to be rose it was supposed to be dimitri but dimitri is in boo-boo jail so right (laughs) he did he did a baby crime right um he did he did a little bit of treason Um. just just (laughs) he just fibbed a little just a sprinkle of treason and so like Uh. my mind because of the books would say like oh it's eddie but we haven't seen eddie in years right where is he? I Where miss is him. He? I don't know. Maybe I I always think that he's like playing video games somewhere. He's just really yeah, busy. He's just yeah. He's got uh, Mario Kart to do. So. <laughs> yeah, he's just playing Pokemon. Oh. Um, so I don't yeah. know. But that it made me really nervous because I was like, why? Lissa should have never been locked into that room. Right. She shouldn't be Lissa's going been somewhere alone else. so much more in these dangerous situations right. than we've ever seen. <laughs> like, and I don't like it. It Isn't have... she supposed to be important? She's one. Of, she's the last one. Like, can we, you know, bring up the security a little bit over here? Exactly. <laughs> like, I know we exactly. got a shortage and stuff, but like, and not helping the shortage, of course, is that uh, Rose and Mason are okay making their little escape. <laughs> so. This is this is the thing that was really kind of fucked up, right? So like the mm-hmm. this episode starts with Tatiana just on a balcony being like, "Ah, yes, all of my fans." Right. It's like, wouldn't it suck if someone like Victor was run- ruling us? That <laughs> ooh, couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. <laughs> and they have all these signs that they made that are like non-royals for Tatiana. And it's like, Victor sucks, Tatiana rules. Um, And she's like, call upon me and I shall serve. And then it's like, the show gets really subtle where there's this fight between these like, um, her supporters slash the protesters and the security. It was like really subtle. Um, Very Peacock doing its damnedest to be like, we know, we know what's happening. Here's a Pepsi can, like we get it. Um, and then as soon as the queen is like, we're fucked, Harold, um, we get this absolute jump cut to Mason's ass. And it was like, I don't, where am I? What is happening here? And we know, we've known, that was not a surprise in the book that Rose used Mason for sex, but this wasn't like, yes, this wasn't like using him for sex. It was like. It was like set. It was like romantic sex. It was weird, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing, like 
Rose and Dimitri are still being weird and not really talking. Right. And which isn't helpful because Mason's like, no. yeah, babe, we're going to be together forever. We're going to go on all these adventures. We're going to get passports and go on all these things. And so obviously Rose knows that Dimitri's in trouble. Yeah. Because she had to, she was like investigated too, but not right. about the on house arrest. Right. Like Dimitri. And I'm just yeah, so I, pissed. This yeah. episode made me pissed about Mason. And I haven't been pissed about Mason <laughs> yeah. in a long time. Yeah, because usually this this up until this point, he's been kind of just like soft boy, kind of regular Mason of just like, yeah. you know, sometimes he's not great, but he's usually like has good intentions or whatever. Um, and it's been sort of like out of the the jealousy. Like if he's jealous about it, he like does it in his own time and like we never really see it, right? in the show um but this is just like a different level of mason i do appreciate too like um before they like leave or whatever um meredith like has this i think it's meredith right or someone else has a conversation with him at the yes it was yeah yeah and she's like hey bud i like you a lot like you're a good friend to me um you need to know and you know but you should realize and just like fully internalize that rose doesn't love you (laughs) she won't love you and she really loves dimitri and it's like a thing and like you have to just like know that and not get fooled by this or like feel a certain type of way about it um because that's just what it is and you just gotta like accept that um and he obviously did not take that super well but (laughs) the fact that she was like real with him um was like wow okay we're getting a little like uh clarity moment here no it was it was very important that Meredith tried to, like, shake some sense into Mason. And he yeah. was so defensive in that scene of yeah. being like, I don't know what you do when you're off with all these things. And it's like, you're so, you have such rose-colored glasses right now, literally, right. Um, that you cannot yeah. tell Meredith is gay, <laughs> sir. Right. Um, and also, like, can everyone stop being mean to Meredith, please? please. Like, Meredith has done nothing wrong. She is just vibing and recovering and just, like, living her life um, being a gay icon. Um, I don't understand why everyone's all just, like, being mean to Meredith. I don't appreciate it. It's because she's a redhead. It's so fucked up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah, discrimination. <laughs> it's so fucked up. Um, this, I understand from a television, like, from a narrative standpoint why mason and rose have to leave right like and i get i even get why in the conversation like when rose goes to save lissa um when she goes all like x games mode on victor (laughs) um she even has like a really good conversation with lissa where she's like i need to do this for me um Mm -hmm. and like not have such a codependent relationship with each other like if this was a real life yes proud of you rose but this isn't and you two are bond babes so try to be more codependent please thank you right and like (sighs) it also just doesn't logistically work because like essentially that conversation is pretty much a riff off the sort of breakup conversation when she has to go to Russia, right? right. Like, it's kind of giving me that energy of being like, I got to do this for me. And like, I have one thing I need to do and I need to do it for myself. But at that point, they already had a pretty strong understanding 
of their bond and like how it works mm-hmm. and how to use it. Um, but this doesn't make any sense really because they don't have that at all. And they've only since discovering about the bond have only been apart from each other. They've not like thought to work together. They have not like figured out what it means. Like we haven't seen, uh, uh, adrian in like a hot minute like we don't know like if there's any actual training or understanding or learning going on um it's just they're like oh this is a thing let's not think about it ever or think we could maybe understand how it works um so it just like is a totally different vibe yes and makes me scared because i'm like these girls don't know how to like get back to center here if they are apart or if there is something going on um and I don't know what the fuck that's going to do, you know? Especially when they are taking the, like, Russia conversation and they're putting it in the same dialogue as Lissa having the breakthrough of understanding the light and the darkness that comes with spirit. And she's saying to Rose, I just need to take a break for a second so I stop pulling on you. And Rose is saying, cool, great, I'm still going to go. Like, that would never happen. <laughs> no. And if this is actually going to go, how this, how it ends in the episode of them driving off campus and theoretically out of the Dominion, then right. they are trying to do exactly what Dimitri did to his charge. And that would fundamentally mm-hmm. break Rose. Yeah. She'd never be able yeah. to recover from that. So how about we don't do that? instead yeah i think it's interesting too uh before that conversation when uh liz is talking to victor and being like we we get the confirmation that she is on the medication for it and like the um dimming of the stuff and i don't know if we i missed that earlier or if this is the first time this has been mentioned um but that Mm. feels important you know of like them understanding what the spirit is and all that We've seen her taking the meds, but they have not okay. actually said out loud what the meds were for. So gotcha. Okay, okay. That makes more I sense. But I was like, that feels like a throwaway. Of what, <laughs> yeah. what those were. But if you hadn't read the books, you would have no idea what she was taking meds for. Right, yeah. Yeah, and it just felt like a very throwaway thing, especially if you're, like, not as uh, invested in this as we are, <laughs> you know, as far as the lore goes. Right. Um like, yeah, that seems a, a, like an important detail, <laughs> especially if this is still being, like, weird about talking to each other and, like, actually figuring anything else out, you know? Yes, I agree. The... <sighs> okay. So, Dimitri. <laughs> um, <laughs> Baby <the> jail. First <laughs> time... <laughs> so the first time that we see him, this episode is right after Mia clocks Lissa as a spirit user. And yeah. which is important because that's kind of why Lissa ends up going to see Victor. Um, but mm-hmm. Dimitri's just in this like, I mean, he's in the training grounds, but it looks like a playground. It looks kind of fun, to be honest. Yeah, it did look kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, he's like flipping tires and playing on swings and shit. And they come up to him and he's like, you're under arrest for treason. He's like, literally what? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just here. Um, it's like, I'm just vibing. I know. <laughs> Um, and he's obviously not saying anything, but it turns out that it's for Sasha, uh, Mikhail's sister, who they were like, yeah, let escape, but they said she was dead. Mm-hmm. So, rip. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently that's a pretty big deal. Apparently, to the, apparently the treason's court. like important or whatever. Yeah, it was um, so funny too because they were like, uh, you know, you said she was dead. He was like, yeah, and then they're like, well, she's right here. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, fuck, damn, it. damn, okay. Uh, I guess I ooh, misunderstood that. Yike. <sighs> So they put him on house arrest, and they have this, like, tracking collar around his neck. Um, yeah. Not on his ankle, but around his neck. And his house arrest quarters are actually, like, very nice. It's kind of chic. Yeah. <laughs> he has this, like, huge room with a bed and workout gear and a shrine, like a, a like a place for him to still practice religion. Like, it's very yeah. chic. Anyways, when Rose goes to see him, it's very, this conversation is like super heavy between the two of them. Um, And you can tell that there's a lot of things that are unsaid, which is awkward. So not great. The things that get difficult is they do find during their like mini trial, um, and throughout this whole thing, it's important. He keeps looking at Alberta, and Alberta's, like, not saying anything. Um, yeah. During the trial, they find him guilty. So they take him down to the dungeon. Um, and when he's on his way down there, and this is not, like, a old castle dungeon. It's important to note this is, like, a where they store dinosaurs in the new Jurassic Park movies. It's, like, (laughs) (laughs) it's got all this, like, in this, like, bright-ass LED lighting. Like, it's not cozy by any means, but it's not, like, wet and shit. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, So, on the way to the dungeon, this is when Mason is, like, getting ready to go meet Rose. He does this ultimate, like, fuckboy behavior. Where he goes to see Dimitri and he's like, hey, just so you know, Rose and I are leaving. We're getting out of here. (sighs) Dimitri does the thing. That's my ultimate favorite thing. And he's like, don't tell Rose about what's happening to me because she would never leave if she knew. Which is, he's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. But this just like Mm. fucking breaks Mason. And he is like, fuck you, Dimitri. (laughs) Right, I hate you. <laughs> and he, like, screams this out loud. Yeah. He doesn't just, like, say it close up to him. He, like, yells this. Yeah, he makes it everyone's problem. <laughs> God, Mason. This is very, like, book Mason, I will be fair. Um, Which is why it made me want to, like, hide. Yeah, it's a just a bit. shame because we hate book Mason. <laughs> hate book Mason. Um, it is important to know that Dimitri is in this box... Until the end of this episode. Do not yeah, forget that. that it's very important. It is very important that you remember that. Okay. So, other things that are going on. The love of my life, Mia. Having a really I, hard time. She's having a rough one. I mean, she just so. found out about her sister. Who right. everyone keeps saying is now dead. Right? Right. Me. Yeah, the way they're talking about her is interesting of the, and I guess that's kind of how they do in the books too, of, I guess it's kind of the way how they did it with Dimitri, mm-hmm. uh, like his family and stuff, where they were like, he's, he's dead, dead, right? Yeah. Rather than <clears throat> admitting or being open to 
the idea that he has turned and he is alive, but like obviously in a in a worse uh, state. Yeah. Um, so that seeing that in this was was interesting of being like, yeah, she's dead, and like you can kind of see Mia being like, she's not though. Like it's important that like we know that like or like it's just like it's weird to be like, oh, she's dead when she's like very much not dead. It's just like mm. a whole thing, you know. So after she clocks Lissa. Yeah. Um, the next time that we see her is it, it like their town square, I guess. Um, yeah. And she, we find out because she runs into to Meredith um, that yesterday, mm-hmm. the day before, they had called saying that the gift that she was getting Sonia for her birthday was ready. Just fucking salt. In the oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. <sighs> Meredith and Mia have a really. I would say healing conversation between the two of them because the last time that mm-hmm. we saw them it was like rough conflict yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Mare was like, "If you need anything, I'm here. Also, I love you. Okay, bye." Um, right. <laughs> <Also> later. <laughs> so I thought that was very cute. Unfortunately, yeah. the next time Uh-oh. that we see her <laughs> is from a photo that christian gets so pause yeah (laughs) when we when we spoke last time we were like damn it can't actually be christian's feeder right (laughs) like that would be really fucked up if it was like his mother's like his mother figure right yeah (sighs) but it is it it always be the ones you trust (laughs) closest to you give all your information to and it's the thing that they're doing that they did at the in when rose was in russia it's the Mm -hmm. the feeder wants to be turned by christian's parents that's why she's doing this yeah Uh, and uh so what i'm getting from a lot of this like ooh, these things are getting taken from other books um is a lot of things I'm rec- remembering from, like, book four, <laughs> right? Because it's, like, you have that conversation with her of being – essentially doing the pitch that Dimitri gave Rose about how cool and sick it is to be a Strigoi. Yeah, right? the awakening of, conversation. Right, of yeah. calling in an awakening and being, like, you're going to be stronger and faster and, like, live forever and it's going to be fucking awesome and, like, who wouldn't do that? Like, that's the same fucking conversation. right. That Dimitri gave to Rose. I was surprised was like, they mentioned please. that here. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting. I know. The the way that they're... Uh, the way that they're cherry-picking that I found very odd. I mean, it makes sense yeah. in this context, but I was like... It was very pivotal that Dimitri said right. those things to Rose mm. at that time. Mm-hmm. Right. <sighs> interesting. Yeah, because it carried a much different weight. Because he was saying um, yeah, it in a very, I mean, so was the feeder in this sense. Um, but it yeah. was, a, it had a much different weight of him trying to be persuasive. Totally. Yeah. So the next time that we see, because um, Christian was like, okay, well, tell my fucking parents that I'm ready to meet them. Um, right. And she was like, okay, bet. So the <laughs> he, he like goes outside his room. And can I just say that these fucking dorms look like a trap if you get, like, wasted as much as these kids do? Because as soon as you go outside your dorm's door, there's a step down. Hello? 
Yeah, it seems like a pretty uh, hazardous situation. <laughs> the way, the amount of, like, sprained ankles they would have, dangerous. Yeah, so, through the roof. <laughs> he sees this box, and he's gotten a lot of boxes, right? Um, and yeah. there's, a, there's a note in there that's like, lol, plans changed. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> there's a fucking photo, but we don't know what the photo is. So Christian runs down to Alberta. And he already has, like, tense conversations with Alberta because she accused him of shenanigans before. And he's like, right. listen. Of being the problem. <laughs> you need to take this photo seriously. Because we see that it's Mia and she has bite marks on her. Yeah. So we know that it's Christian's parents that are involved. Um, so, yikes. That's not great. Big yikes. Um. So near the, this is where like the last 10, 5, 10 minutes of this episode, I was on the fucking edge of my seat. Because I was pacing. I was I running was around. So <laughs> fucking I was fucking stressed out. <laughs> because, okay, so we see Jesse Zeklos' dad. Yeah. I know, Spooks. I'm stressed out. Um, <laughs> they, he's there and they go to the wards at the edge of the property. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're going to do a swapsies. They're going to swap Sonia for Mia with Christian's <laughs> right, parents. You take one, we'll take the other. Because <laughs> this will never go wrong, right? Right. And also <sighs> won't traumatize Mia further. <laughs> Literally. Like, <laughs> <the> fucking <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, going through the ringer right now. So Christian's already talked to his mom, who's a struggling. But he hasn't seen his dad up close, and he's just shaking in his boots when this happens because Christian, unfortunately is realizing um, his parents don't have a soul anymore. So they're not his parents the way that he knew them. And that is causing a crisis for Christian. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a lot of things at once, you know, it's not great. (laughs) Not going well. Um, It's also not going, this bargaining is not going well. I know I'm stressed (laughs) out. Um, I feel like they should have known personally they weren't going to get that feeder back because they snapped her neck so quickly. It was uh, comically fast. <laughs> like they really said, nope, absolutely not. The, so that's not great. I, my heart was in my, ch- like in my stomach when they did the swap at the same time and Mia was like screaming for Sonia yeah dude and there was just nothing there sony was just like absolutely there's nothing and then christian just like yelling for his parents and it's like homie those aren't yeah they're gone girl those (laughs) those haven't been your parents for a long time but okay soul has left the building unfortunately Um, i did think it was very good that christian used his offensive magic on his dad oh that was the the fire scene i wanted to see because like real. you could tell if like he did that uh where they should have in the classroom because that would have been so fucking funny um but like oh. this obviously had a lot more like merit to it or whatever um but like it was such like an instinctual like letting out of it right and it just felt like this pain and this like pure like emotion coming out but also was like an offensive tactic which was really smart um 
but yeah, it looked really cool too. It did. Of, as far as the visuals went, I was like, damn, that's the, a cool ball of fire. <laughs> it was a very cool ball of fire. He also tried to get his mom, but she was like, zoom, no, I'm out. Yeah, she zoomed out of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the And then all hell breaks loose. Because you need, and these words are different than in the book, but you need, like, two people with fancy stakes to, like, lower and open the wards at the same time. And we find out that there was a fucking traitor who powered down the wards. So all these fucking Strigoi come in and they hurt Alberta. Rude. You already hurt Mia, so strike two. Right, enough. And, like, right before Christian sets his dad on fire, Christian's dad was like, you thought, like, we just wanted Sonia? Like, that was our plan all along? Like... Right, you idiots, you fools. Yeah. Um, And so he shares, like, no, we've been playing chess all along. Right. Which is why it's so scary that... Christian's mom says the thing that the blonde haired Strigoi said in the book of Lissa is mine. Yeah. (sighs) So that makes that even more painful now. Yeah. So important to remember Dimitri still in a box. Mason still (laughs) in a car driving off somewhere. Yeah. I felt like... Already, the Guardians on campus, few and far between. Right, exactly. And now all these very competent fighters are not there. (sighs) The way that they were showing the faceless monk coming back, especially paired with the comment that Mason said about Meredith going to the commune, I was very scared for a second they were going to make this be Mare. And I was yeah, like, that makes no sense scared. with her yeah. whole fucking demeanor. Like, that doesn't... Right. But also, like, interesting, right? Mm-hmm. When... F- How did you feel when the mask came off? I fucking screamed. Because <laughs> this whole time... Because it was, it was... It turned out, whoop-de-whoop, it was Tatiana. Shocking. What? Hello? What? Because um, this whole time... We've been like, what is Tatiana's endgame? Like, what logistically is... Because she's been playing both sides. She's right. kind of, like, figuring something out. Obviously, didn't win the election, whatever, whatever. Um, and now it's like, I'm I'm playing with fire, baby. Like, I'm going full offensive. I'm not, yes. like, going to sit pretty anymore kind of shit. Um, and I'm like, damn, that does make sense. <laughs> that, fuck, it sucks and it checks out. Absolutely. Um, so I screamed. I screamed even more when it was revealed who she was talking to. Oh, yeah, because she comes, she, like, bursts through this door, takes off her mask, and is like, fuck the queen and fuck your sister. And we're like, hello? (laughs) Right, what? Who are you talking to, Tatiana? (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like, you're coming in really hot, Tatiana. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Um, and it's fucking Andre. Andre's alive. What? And then they thought, oh, one reveal ends. is not enough. We need we need the one-two punch, baby. And we saw Andre earlier in this episode, but it was Lissa like seeing her dead brother, like 
the way that she's seen Andre before. Yeah. Right. And he, because she was, that was when she was locked in Victor's office or whatever the fuck. And she's seen, she's seen like the ghost or like the projection of Andre before. So it's not like a surprise. Uh But then to see Andre, like, in, he was like tied up in ropes. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. (laughs) I. Losing it. Lost my damn mind. <laughs> so it makes so much more sense that it's like, okay, Tatiana's going to try to play the long game, right? Of like, right. I'll go through the the normal routes of politics. Right. But that's not going to work. Route, yeah. So I'm going right. to fuck with the Strigoi and try to kill people off instead. What the fuck? What an evil mastermind. She's I so smart. Yeah. That's scary. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) But now that means that the Dragomir Quorum is like, fine. Right. She's not. Right. But nobody knows. Because. Except for her, I guess. That's the thing that we didn't say. So like at the end of this, when Lissa Mm -hmm. goes X Games mode, Victor's down for the count. He's like healed but he's knocked out right lissa goes to the queen and is like hey oh my god yeah so here's my proposition to you this benefits me but most importantly it benefits you the way she plays this is so good it's so (laughs) smart right that she's so pandering and so i have some time to go right i need to build up my quorum that's yeah. that's fine. That's valid. That's fair. I need to learn. I'm still young. Right. While and you're I'm, kind of already going through like a PR nightmare right now. So right, with exactly. your other selections. <laughs> so you give me the air like you had originally planned to eventually. But for now, you stay queen. You make everything, the trials, you make them moot. Just cancel right. all that shit out. And the queen was like, you know what? That's a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> like that actually sounds really cool. <laughs> Let's just forget all of that. Um, it's like all this made me realize I actually kind of do like being queen, <laughs> and I'll probably do this for a little bit longer. <laughs> and it's so good. And they like again like plaster it on the the big TV screens and stuff that they do all their news on <laughs> or whatever. And yeah, it's, it's just, like, like the first thing Victor sees when he like comes to. Yeah, and it's like Lissa just like right behind her, like with a coy little smile, and Victor's like, "Are you fucking for real?" <laughs> like, <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> that's that so good, good shit. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, baby. Let's get a little like murky with the politics. Let's let's do some bribes. Let's go wild. All right. But I have no fucking idea how this next episode is going to go because now the Strigoi have stormed. The grounds, like they did in, what was that, book three? Right. No one is there to help. Mm-hmm. I'm, sca- I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very terrified. I'm nervous. Uh, um, yeah. But I, this episode is was one of my favorites out of the bunch. Oh, yeah, easily. I, there was like no, there was no minutes of dullness. I was just go, go, go. Yeah, it was hit after. <sighs> Goddamn. I, 
need so many more people to watch this because I just don't think that they know what they're missing. <coughs> yeah, a hundred percent. God damn. So much drama. So much drama. Um, I'm, I'm sweating over here. I know. <laughs> um, we for we have three hundred people to thank now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. But we have some amazing patrons. Could you imagine? Do you want to start us off? Absolutely. Thank you to Katie Black. Ooh. Thank you to Kylie Minty. Pew, pew, pew. Thank you to Alex Dornan. Ooh. Thank you to Mulch Gray. Mulch. Mulch. Thank you to Jasmine Anastasia. Ooh. Thank you to Megan Pattinson. Ow. Thank you to Cassandra O'Shea. O'Shea. Thank you to, oh, there we go, Katya Carr. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Thank you to Hope Castile. Ooh. Thank you to Rachel Ashford. Ooh. Thank you to Vivian Yuli. <gasps> Thank you to Maddie Facinelli. Ooh. Thank you to Samara Rinaldi. Ooh. Thank you to Genevieve Morgan. Oh, ow. Thank you to Danielle Burke. Ooh. Thank you to my mom, your mom, <gasps> our mom, Kelly Beth. Mom. Thank you to Sophia Salinger. Ooh. Thank you to Lara Forty. Ooh, ooh. Thank you to Dan Zeklos. Ooh, thank you to Maria Swan. Pew, pew, pew. Thank you to India Peach. Ooh, thank you to Emily Ozera. Ow, ow. Thank you to Jaylene Ivishkov. Ooh. And last but certainly not least, thank you to Ashlyn Vogel. Pew, pew, pew. I have a fan fiction for you. That was written by M.M. Writes. It is titled, Vampires Will Never Hurt You. The summary is okay. <laughs> a satire Twilight fanfiction. On the outside, he was a murderer with a cold and dead heart. A heart that wasn't capable of loving or being loved. Not a man, but a bloodthirsty creature with uncontrollable urges. He wished he had the willpower to stop his habits and let himself die. A girl, her heart black and corrupted with the feeling of never being able to accept love. To her, everyone hates her. To her, everyone wants her gone. To her, dying felt less like a fear and more of a miracle waiting patiently to be bestowed upon her. She thought he was her solution to finally getting the death she's been longing for. However, it complicated things that he had decided to imprint himself on her and now only has one reason for staying alive. And making sure she stays alive. This uh. is from chapter two. The Cullens glided smoothly into the cafeteria, doing little to nothing, but somehow making their presence known by the entire room. Everyone in here turned to see the pale beauties enter. They were so pale that I could even see a sparkle to their skin. But there was one other one. That Jessica and Angela seem to have left out in their little introduction. One more pale-faced guy was farther behind the Cullens. Instead of having tussled copper or bronze hair, it was jet black <clears throat> and messy. 
He had the same stiffness to his movements as the others did, minus the confidence. He had the kill-me-now look on his face as he stepped inside from the chilly outdoors. He had the vibe of someone who would get caught doing drugs behind the school with his jet black jacket with zippers, tight jeans, and hair that covered half his face. His porcelain skin looked like it would shine brightly in the sunlight, even if it decided to come out. While my eyes were glued to him, no one else seemed to notice my existence. No one else seemed to notice his existence. His tiny pupils could stare directly into my soul if I looked at them too long as he strode past our table. My head followed him intently. What about him? I mumbled quietly, just loud enough for Jessica to hear. She looked up at the boy I was looking at, who had sat himself down at a table all alone, and the one farthest from the Cullens. Oh, him? Any enthusiasm she originally had in her voice depleted completely. She looked almost disgusted, or possibly fearful. I couldn't tell. That's Gerard Way. He transferred here last year, I think. He hasn't been here long, as long as any of us, other than you two, of course. She chuckled at me and Bella, while Bella still had her sights set on Edward, not too far from us. I, on the other hand, was far more interested in the other one. Gerard Way? That name doesn't ring any bells, I said. End scene. Wow. (laughs) I I love it. (laughs) So, uh, you're welcome, Stephanie Meyer. Um, There is so much of that story for you to enjoy. And if you uh, want to continue that, it is yours. Happy 300th episode, folks. If you didn't know that you needed Jardway in Twilight, there you go. It's there for you. Yeah. Uh, First of all, what were you thinking? (laughs) Second of all, you're welcome. Second of all, you're welcome. Well, folks, um, choose your fighter this week. Glee, White Lotus, or (laughs) Vampire Academy. Tell your friends about the show. So we can continue to get uh, sad music recommendations when we look at our demographics. And as we say here in the Pacific Northwest. Get bit. And get whipped. Ooh. Ooh. Into the Twilight is an earbud media production. You can follow us on Twitter at Into the Twilight or on TikTok at Into the Twilight Show. You can find me at Cody Corral on Twitter and Allie at Alexandria Does. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash into the twilight. We have merch, so much stuff. All those links are in the episode description. And make sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast hosting platform. It really helps the show. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.